The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Join us around the pit as we talk all things barbecue. Now here is your host, Johnny Mags. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. I'm Johnny Mags, coming at you live from beautiful Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Hi, Christy. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Let me just try sharing the show out here. Hi, Claudia. Oh, Mrs. Mags is already in there. You're a girl. So... Where the hell? There it is. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, she's uh, she's a little laid up right now. I did hear. Twenty stitches. Yeah, she's yeah. doing a little rough. A little bit of an accident there. And that's it. But everything. Hey, twenty stitches. We came out good. Could have been a hell of a lot worse. It could have. But you know. But so excited about today. So let's get right down to it, Chrissy. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Uncle Steve's Shake. Have you ever wondered why your neighbor has a line coming out of his backyard and when he's barbecuing, but when you're barbecuing, not so much? We said we were going to flip that. Everyone's coming to my house. No okay. one's going to my neighbor because I'm using Uncle Steve's Steve Shake. Steve's Shake, and they're, and they're not. not. Uncle Steve Shake, Uncle Steve uses some of the finest, freshest ingredients that on the market today to make all his 12 seasons, including his competition line, mm-hmm. incredible seasons. His customer service is beyond reproach. If you have any shake questions or needs, you call that little number and you will get Uncle Steve. Oh, yeah, you he is CEO, president, vice president, uh-huh. HR, the whole nine. So check out UncleSteve'sShake.com and the Facebook group, Uncle Steve Shake Nation, Nation. for exclusive uh, giveaways and promos uh-huh. on Always. So as always, tr- get yourself some Uncle Steve Shake. Shake some on Everything. And we mean everything. There it, is, you, I, I can't even come up with the words of how many different things you can put their shakes on. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. And you got the dessert shake. Don't forget I that. Know. I but today also brought to you by Two Guys Smoke Shop and Two Guys Cigars.com. Whether I'm barbecuing or not, I always keep the smoke rolling thanks to our friends at Two Guys Cigars.com. Today we are smoking the extremely limited edition. Bandolero Firecracker, only 500 boxes made, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they'll be still available. They will not last till morning, I so pull your trigger on these. But thanks to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com, I get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit TwoGuysCigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's the number two, guys cigars. Dot com. Also brought to you by Backline Fabrication and Backline Smokers. Ryan Newland is building some of the wildest pits coming out of Austin, Texas today. Oh, yeah. R- Ryan is an absolute magician, artist, whatever you want to call. If you order a pit, you have a conversation with him, and he'll ask you an array of questions. And when he's done with this pit... You'll have things on there that you would never even have thought of mm-hmm. that he just gets out of your conversations through the whole building process. The, you know, 250 gallons, 500,000s, his multi-tool uh, grill is wild little kettle grill type slash flat top slash Santa Maria slash whatever you else want to call it. If you can, bottom line, if you can think it, he can build it. Yes. Check him out at Backline Fab on Instagram or Facebook. Check out all his creations right there. 
Also brought to you by MagnaChef Gloves. Our brother Alan Fonte knows a little something about fire management. Seeing he's a Miami-Dade firefighter. Yeah. He has designed these with all the heat protection at the forefront. Mm-hmm. These are made out of food-grade silicone, patented magnetic clips for an easy on and off. You'll never drop your gloves. Oh, Mm-mm. there it is in the dirt. Nope. nope. Not with these. Don't go nowhere. And like I said, right back on. Heat rated up to 500 degrees. Web fit for a firm grip. One size fits all. Dishwasher safe, but more importantly, made right here in the USA. Beautiful thing. Check them out at magnachef.com. And at checkout, use the code ROYAL21. That's royal Twenty One. For 15% off your order, get a couple pairs. One for the barbecue trailer, one for the backyard, one for the kitchen. You won't be disappointed. Heck no. Magna Chef with an E. M-A-G-N-E. E. Chef. Chef.com. Magna Chef, master the fire. The fire. And certainly not last, but... Custom cutting boards, IRS.com. Ian Hemming out of Magnolia, Texas, is building what I can call the Yeti of cutting boards. Mm -hmm. These cutting boards take an absolute beating. I've been using mine for over four years now, and they're still in pristine shape. Um, 100% dishwasher safe, high-condensed UV protection. Comfort sliding protections, the The rubber nubs. So even on a wet surface, that board will not slip on you. Multicolors available in the deep lip reservoir to catch all the uh, jus and those beautiful juices Mm -hmm. coming from whatever protein you're cooking. Check them out today at customcuttingboardsrus.com. That is the letter R, us.com. There it is. So, let's see. Mrs. Mags is there. C-Mac, what's up? Kent Max, what's happening? Darren. Mike Tortorella, what's happening, brother? Charlie White. Doug. Gray Rhino, what's happening, boys? Then there's C-Mac with his 7,000 degrees. I didn't mention it this time. We're, we're all used to it nah, right now. But, well, <laughs> folks, we have a hell of an episode for you today. Yes. Let's get right, just right down to it. Let's we are joined. By the godfather of barbecue talk, the OG himself. Mm-hmm. You know him from the Barbecue Central show, hailing out of Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Greg Rempe. Hey, Johnny. Greg, what's happening, my man? Hey. Humbled and excited to be here. Can't wait to lie to you for at least the better part of an hour. Sounds good to me. So let's just get right into the stories and the lies. All right. First and foremost, for anybody who might not know you, at least in the barbecue world, who is Greg Rempe? Uh, Peterbilt sales guy by day, major accounts through uh the biggest Peterbilt dealer in Ohio. Um, of course, we're like one of two. So it's almost like biggest by proxy, but uh, we're doing our thing there. And then uh, Tuesday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, I do the Barbecue Central show live. And that's also being recorded at the same time. That goes out in the podcast after the fact. Uh, I, I would assume it's similar to you, the vast majority. And when I say vast majority, I mean 99.3% of my listenership is at convenience. So mm-hmm. they're getting the audio download and listen that way. But I do the live show because it keeps the show going. Otherwise, it would have died many, many, many years ago. Oh, absolutely. You always have that, that, that for the tune in. And, you know, the, the live I like because it's very, there's no frill about it. No. If, if you mess up, you mess up. Yeah, that, that's all you can do. Yeah. There's no editing, and, oh. you know, you could go back if you really wanted to, but, you know, I think that adds the, you know, the, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's it's real. It's that The personal, originality right. to it. Right, like, it, it's not scripted, it's not. Yeah. Wrong. So, 
the Barbecue Central show, and like I said, I, th- I th- personally thank you because, you know, much like a lot of the barbecue guys, you know, um, Dr. Barbecue, Ray Lampy, and so on, set, paved the way for what we know as competition barbecue today. Mm-hmm. You've done that in what a lot of us now are doing in barbecue talk, barbecue podcast, barbecue shows. Yeah. And you were really one of the, one of, if not the first, to go into this um, platform. There were the, um, the chat groups on the internet. I think there was two of them at the time. Now, we're going back to mid-2000s. Oh, wow. Well, won this. So I'm going to throw it, Greg, I'm going to throw a date out at you, and we'll run from there. Okay. February 7th, 2008. Does that ring a bell? First live show ever. Over 14 years of doing this. A fun fact, two years before that, I was doing the show as strictly a podcast. Oh. Okay. So yeah, so and podcasts really weren't weren't a thing at all, really. There was only other one. There was only other one per. Am I saying that right? There was only one other person that I knew that was doing a barbecue podcast, and that was my inspiration for doing mine, which was Ray Basso from the Barbecue Forum. Yeah, just recently passed away, and um, you know, much to the point you were talking about those chat groups in the the mid two thousands, I originally had a barbecue forum and the whole podcast was born out of a listening to Ray's for his barbecue forum and going, wow, that guy's really bad. I can definitely do something better than that. And so I picked it up and it was just based around my forum and my members and let's get to know you and what kind of cookers do you have? And that was it. It was very uh, in a vacuum. And then after there was, a small onslaught of barbecue podcasts back then. I wanted to branch out and separate from the pack again because I had introduced the podcast in the first place to separate out uh, to separate out from the onslaught of barbecue forums. If you can believe that was a hot technology of the day back in the very early two thousands. So to reseparate, I wanted to go live, and hence the date February seventh, two thousand and eight. Linked up with a guy on Craigslist who was starting an online radio station out of L.A. He said, if we can figure out the technology, we'll do it once a week. I had to sell him a little bit that I could actually come up with something once a week. And I said, I've been doing it for two years, once a week already. So I think we're going to be okay. We figured out the technology, and that's where we started. Yeah, because that was, that was wild back then. Because it was strictly, you know, like you said, it was online radio. But like this stuff we have now and you're using, there wasn't. There, were, there was none of this. You know, we started because Dave had opened the studio. Yeah. But, you know, we, we jumped in right when Facebook Live became a thing. So we did, just like we're doing now, we're broadcasting on Facebook Live. Yeah. You know, we kind of circumvented their little scheme thing they had going on cutting the podcast out, you know. Mm-hmm. But how we did that, I, I still don't know. But... We're not going to try to figure it out so they slap me on the wrist. Well, we take it as it comes. But, Greg, in those early days, did you get any type of, uh, like, pushback or, you know, what the hell are you doing talking barbecue? And, you know, because when we had started originally, you know, we kind of got that of what the hell do... uh, bunch of guys from New England, from New Hampshire and Massachusetts know a thing about barbecue. You know, now you being Midwest Cleveland, Ohio, you know, you have a little bit more of that barbecue influence there, you know, by, you know, guys in the area, you know, Mike Mills from Apple City and, you know, one of the greatest of all time, you know, rest in peace. Um, You know, did you get any... Kick back on, on the topic. The only kickback I got was, can you do it longer than two weeks or three weeks? Or, and even to this day, it's always, oh, do you cook? Yeah. 
I think it's a Food Network show, but online, or that I'm like the Pit Boys or mm-hmm. Sam mm-hmm. or whoever. And I say, hey, the elevator pitch of the Barbecue Central show is I am the ESPN of the barbecue and grilling industry. So much like ESPN covers world sports, I cover the industry of live fire. So I will have folks on that cook or have been on television or write books or build pits or accessories, anything that has to do with it and a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the industry at all, but just to get outside the box and expand horizons, make introductions, promote stuff that I'm into. Um, That's what the show's about. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. So, you know, I got, are you going to cook? No. Can you do it for longer than three weeks? Because you're going to talk about steak and hot dogs and hamburgers and what else is there to cook after that? <laughs> so, I mean, that was it. But remember, this was a long time ago. This yeah. is 2006 when I had first started. So there was no bar. I didn't have to be better than anybody. There was nobody. Yeah. Nobody knew I sucked because there was nothing <laughs> to compare it to. So I got away with a bunch of stuff or I got away with sucking longer than anybody gets away with sucking now, unless you just don't care because there was just nobody else to run how bad or how good I was against. It was really just me for a long time. And it was my want to sound good and when I was doing interviews with people that I knew were better than me and that sounded better than me for me to latch onto them and say hey let me pick your brain why do you sound better why do you sound mm-hmm. like this or how do you sound like this and what equipment are you using and uh, editing and how do you deliver words like that and all that stuff um, I just had an insatiable interest of trying to continue to get better still to this day but that's why I think the show got off the ground and continued in the very beginnings. Oh, yeah. You know, because I've, I've been listening for, for many years now. And it, it's just, it, it's constant entertain, entertaining. You know, there's, there's never a dull moment going on in anything you do. I like how you break it up. It's, it's a two-hour show, first and foremost. So, you know, anybody who doesn't, or has never been on a podcast or anything. An hour is tough enough to do. Never mind two hours every week. For 14, 16, if you include the other two years. Yeah, for years. <laughs> but, you know, you, you break each hour into two segments. So, in, in theory, you have, quote, unquote, four guests or at least four topics. Two to first hour, two to second hour, whether there's a guest, you know, going to banter back and forth with you or not, you know, which is very interesting because it keeps that attention. You know, the one when coming up and doing all the research when starting this, you know, the average attention span is, is a ride to work. So that 20, 23 minute range is that sweet spot, which you, which you hit with breaking the segments up. But how did you come with, up with the idea of the, the embedded correspondence? Because that's because you have the set guys, you know, the, you know, Sam would be the first uh, Tuesday of the month, or, or more so, you know, Malcolm has been with yeah. you the first Tuesday, Meathead the second Tuesday, and so on, Sam the Cooking Guy, and so on and so forth, Doug Shiding. So it's, I guess there's two answers to that. There's the stable of regular guests. So first Tuesday, as you'd mentioned, Malcolm, first hour, Sam, the cooking guy, second hour, second Tuesday, Meathead, and now Robert Moss, uh, both take up the first hour. The third Tuesday is uh, this guy who'll be on a little bit later, Stephen Reichland. Well, Stephen, yeah. We all know him. And um, so he's uh, third Tuesday. And then in the second hour, I've started doing quarterly guests so depending on where we are within that quarter you're either going to get a visit from jess priles or Susie bullock from hey grill hey or daniel vaughn daniel vaughn will be on tonight in the second hour and uh, that was like that was the most recent break of of trying to get some semi-regular guests and then the fourth tuesday we got Derek riches in the second segment in the first hour and then the whole second hour of the last Tuesday is the embedded correspondence. 
the embedded correspondence was I've always I'm a big talk radio guy. So when I would listen to one of the local guys here in Cleveland, the Alan Cox show, he had what he called bureau chiefs. So if you listened originally before the internet became very prevalent and you could listen to the show wherever you were in the country, he had, you know, this guy was a bureau chief in Lakewood, which is the Western suburb of Cleveland. And this guy was a bureau chief, uh, Willoughby, which is the city I'm from East side of Cleveland. And then once it started to grow out, you could listen wherever you want. Now, all of a sudden he had bureau chiefs in Denver and San Diego and uh, New Hampshire and, you know, all these other places. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. He's incorporating his listeners. And uh, so I wanted to figure out some way to do something similar or have a, a similar name. And originally I think it started as like uh, around the pit or the around this. I don't know what the hell it was even called, <laughs> but it was set up to do. I was going to introduce the segment and then it was going to be a minute to a minute and a half. And everybody had to call in ahead of the segment and I was like, okay, we're going around the, oh, maybe it was called the Around the Barbecue Globe. And we go to Channel Real Oklahoma and Dave Bosco Butcher Barbecue. And then he had something that he was going to give an update on or, or ran about and then hit a sound effect and then go, now we race up to Nashua, New Hampshire, and we go to Johnny Mags. And then you would do your thing. And then we would race out to somewhere else. So that was the original concept. And... I didn't really like it was okay, but some people weren't able to commit to doing it yeah. uh, once a yeah. month. And so uh, it kind of died off a little bit. And then the embedded correspondence just, you know, was born out of that. So uh, John Solberg in Michigan um, is an embedded correspondent. Doug Scheiding, obviously, he's the longest running embedded correspondent out of Texas. And now Rusty Monson from who also hosts the a Pitmasters podcast. Uh, he's out of Utah. He's my newest one, but there's yeah. been a small slew of other ones uh, in between the last one and where Rusty started. And I think what we have now, especially with the ECs, is a great group of diverse individuals who A, get the show and are fans of the show, who understand where entertainment and fact and opinion all matter and how they meld together can bring it across great and we have a working agreement that if we don't agree we're saying it yeah you're wrong yeah. this is why you're wrong or this is why i feel i'm right and we can banter back and forth but it's nobody's got their ass hurt at the end of the day we're all in a tight group chat we chat every day we're passing along ideas all the time for the next segment everybody's vested and interested in making that segment better the next time and the next time. And that's why specifically the embedded correspondent has become a really successful segment because it's not just listening to me. You get to actually listen to Doug who's won world titles and John, who's a very accomplished writer and product tester and backyard cook himself. And then you have rusty a little bit younger than all of us brings a fresh new perspective mm -hmm and is a competition cook who's just coming up, rising in the ranks, doing very well, just notched a second grand championship over the weekend. So it's a great uh, meld of different ideas, and we just get it. So yeah. uh, and, and they're there like every effing time without fail. I don't think I've ever had anybody not show up, and I can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, yeah. I don't pay these guys, and yet they're there every month to do it. So it's, well, it's great. Well, there, there, there was, was it maybe about two months ago, there was that Tuesday that Meathead fell asleep, which allowed me to make my first appearance on the Barbecue Central show. <laughs> See what happens when people fall asleep at the wheel? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's see here. Who we got? Big Rome, what's happening? Gary, Eric Spencer, what's going on, my man? Uh, Craw Daddy. Oh, Guy Chisholm. Kai messaged me after the on the when I promoted the show yesterday. He goes, "Really? We it, that that might be a little too much, Greg, in one day." I, hey, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it, but this is when you do it. So who am I to say that? Brother Randy, what's happening? Oh, there he is, CJ, Mr. Clarence Joseph himself. What's happening, brother? And then Kent Vanderweer is asking. Oh, fine, I'll ask the question. Kent's always got to stick his, you know, gives his little dab. 
Because I know he, he would say it on your show and ask you all the time. Kent Vanderweer from Daddy Dutch Barbecue wants to know what color chrome do you use? Oh, this is real life, baby. I don't I don't <laughs> mess with it. This is this is what my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave me. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, it's it's wonderful. And like you were saying with the disagreements, you actually had had it was it last week? Yeah. Last week with um with Sam. And it was a great it was it was enthralling. It, you know, you, the, the Pittsburgh State, the Pittsburgh State disagreement. Everybody knows. Yeah. You know, but like you said, it was the, the disagreement between you and him, and you're shooting back and forth, and it's all in fun. You're making the points and the digs, and it was, you know, it was enthralling. You were just hanging on every word, see what was coming next, and, and that was that's the beautiful part about that. That just you you're free to disagree. And in the end, it's all water under bridge. You still, still barbecue brothers, friends, however you want to refer to it as. And that was that was the case that. in point. I would rather have some kind. I mean, as a host, tension is great. Everybody's going to talk about it. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Whatever. But as long as it's organic, mm-hmm. then that's what I want. I don't want a guest to decide they want to clam up. Case in point, many, many, many years ago. The pitmaster, yes, who's Delta Q, uh, Melissa Cookston, Barbecue Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. First time on the show, you're going through, I thought we were having a swimming conversation. was asking her a lot about differences between Memphis Barbecue Network that was, uh, it wasn't like hugely popular, but it was in that particular region of the country. They were very successful. They were MBN Team of the Year for a number of years in a row. Had won Memphis in May, of course, uh, I think three out of four years or four out of five years, whatever it was. And the interview ends and overnight I get an email and she's like, you know, that was kind of unprofessional and I don't like the way you went at me on this or went at me on that. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote her back and I said, geez, where was any of this while we were on the air? Like, if you don't think I'm giving you a fair shake or you think I'm coming at you sideways. Yeah. I, I am telling you as a host, there's no disrespect. You say, Hey, is this, I'm perceiving your line of questioning to be like this, or I'm taking what you're saying this way. Am I right? You know, challenge me. Let's go ahead and get at it. And then we can either continue to debate at, uh, at odds or we'll quickly clear up any misconceptions and go from there. And I said, I, I would much prefer if you come back on again in the future, that if you have a problem with my line of questioning, you, t- you take me to task right there. Yeah. That's it's it's better for the show and it's just better period and of course we became really good friends after that and there were never any issues and in fact she demanded that she be on the show the tuesday before memphis and may as she strung three together because she thought that was part of the whole mix very superstitious uh oh, yeah. central show mojo is what she called it yeah and uh you know we did that th- a three-year run for her so um yeah that's that, that's what i prefer Perfect, perfect. Now, speaking of you know Melissa Cookson and the Barbecue Hall of Fame, how did you have start your relationship with uh, the American Royal and the uh, Barbecue Hall of Fame? You know, as far as I, I know, you had, a couple weeks back you had Emily Park on, who is a wonderful person. I had her on last year, uh, a little bit before the Royal, and you know she was she was absolutely tremendous. She's great. You know how how did you? Uh, get that relationship with that and the honor of having the shows of announcing, you know, the finalists and then the uh, soon to be inductees. Honestly, I think it was because I wouldn't stop pounding on them unmercifully for years. It was the history of the barbecue hall of fame is, is weird. So that guy I'd mentioned before, Ray Basso, him and, uh, Mike, I forget what his last name is. Uh, Hog Eyes Barbecue was his online store back in the day. Ray and, and Mike put the Barbecue Hall of Fame together originally. They were the original founders. It was online. It was just kind of a stagnant online presence. They would induct people. And then years after that, uh, Sterling Ball thought it would be a good idea to bring it to the American Royal. At that time, the Royal was 
being done at Kemper Arena. There was talk about maybe having a real place for people to go and visit the Barbecue Hall of Fame. That obviously never came to fruition. And then we, of course, know about all the location changes over the handful of years after that. But uh, Sterling was really instrumental in, in getting that. Now, I don't know how much he would... I'm not speaking out of school either, but he basically pitched it as like Rod Gray was had a lot of um, had a lot of cachet at the time, was doing really well on the circuit. I don't know if you're if you're familiar yeah, with that name. Hell, it envy. Yeah, um, but said, hey, you know, pitch this. You know the people, but it was Sterling's idea. The whole the black apron, the whole situation was Sterling's pitch and the Guy Fieri thing. Um, originally, that was a whole part of getting media to come in. He had also promised that he was going to come back that second year and do the inductees for the second year. So there was a lot of work behind the scenes that Sterling doesn't get credit for that he should get credit for. And so it transitioned off, off online to now being controlled by the American Royal. They were putting people in at the time. It was celebrity uh, slash humanitarian. It was pitmaster, And then it was business person. Mm -hmm. How, do, how, how was this even happen? Yeah. How are the names getting decided on who's deciding on it is it a group of people what are the criteria who knows so i just sat there and beat plus it was the general public getting to nominate uh who they wanted so i just pound and pound and pound i i was calling i think the reason i get lumped into he wants to be in the barbecue hall of fame is because like for five years for six months out of the year i would go vote Nominate me, nominate me. We're going to show them that when you leave it up to us to put people into the barbecue hall of fame, you're going to get some shithead like me. That's going to be up on stage with Myron Mixon and Mike Mills and uh, Don McLemore and Chris Lilly. I'm just trying to expose yeah. a huge flaw and point out nobody has any fucking idea how any of this is being done in the first yeah. place. So after a relentless pounding for a long enough period of time. I got an email from Emily Park and she said, Hey, I'm Emily Park. I'm the person that does this at the American Royal. I'm also in charge of the barbecue hall of fame. And she just threw open the curtain and gave a whole long dirty look at what was going on behind there and said, this is our process. This is how the names committee. This is why we do it like this. And she took all the mystery out of it. And then she said, I would like it if maybe we couldn't partner when the names are going to get introduced for those inductees that year that we could just do it live on your show. And we did that for like two or three years. And then maybe we did it for two years. And then the third year she said, let's add the nine finalists two weeks in advance. And then we'll come back two weeks later and announce who actually makes it into the class that year. So we added that on. And I think she said this was our fourth or fifth year of doing it. I guess she likes the show enough or, or thinks enough of the show yeah. that uh, a, it's a live thing. So it's not like there's a huge amount of coordination. We're going to do it. And then they're just going to release it after the fact it can be done very quickly. And I, my hope is that the show has been seen as a place for you to go to announce breaking news, whatever it's going to look like as it relates to the industry. And there's enough respect that people are going to take it for what it is. Yeah, fantastic. Because, like you said, we did an episode either two or three years ago, and it was just just before the induction, and we were t talking about, you know, there, that there is such thing as a Barbecue Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I had, you know, gone through, you know, some of the people who are in there. And like you were saying, you did, there's some questions there. You know, the first, the first person that popped, that got my attention, was Henry Ford. Yeah. You know, the Henry Ford. Ford Motor Cars, you know, is in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Well, how the hell did that happen? You know, and then you go back and you do the research. And the, the, he hated waste. And he had all the wood that was left over from the Model T's and everything. The packaging, you know, turned it into charcoal. And his cousin was in business with a, a guy by the name of Kingsford. Yep. And Kingsford Charcoal. And they sold, you know, so there was his... You know, but it, it was it was people you'd never even thought of. But, you know, like you were saying, you know, Dr. Barbecue, Melissa Cookston, Myron Mixon, you know, these people who are, you know, 
the top of the food chain when it comes to the barbecue world. You know, every in everyone's living rooms, weekend, week out on the the runbacks of barbecue pitmasters, smoked barbecue pitmasters, all stars. You know, they're, they're, they're household names now that they would never be. What do you mean that there's a competition barbecue circuit? Are you serious? Yes. And everyone scratches their head, and then it got put into the living room. And everybody, you know, followed it. That's how I got my start barbecuing, was watching that shows and um, and, go, and going, you know, the famous last words, I can do that. Yeah. And then, you know, I did, and the, the first stuff was shit. And then, you know, just kept on going. But, but it, it pulled me in. And you actually just had John on last week who is being inducted this year, who is the, the creative founder of Barbecue Pitmasters, which was an incredible, you know, well over an hour interview with him. You know, that was awesome. But it's, you know, it's just how seeing where barbecue has started to what it is. Now, what do you think has caused that, from, in your opinion, from the how barbecue was to where it is now, you know, between obviously TV, social media, technology, from, you know, stick burners to pellet grills, you know, opens the door for so many people. What's your opinion on where barbecue has come? I think it's all that. When I got into it, there was the beginnings of the internet. There wasn't really YouTube. There was the message boards. So for me to get better at something, I had to go to a message forum and say, I'm suffering with my ribs or my pork butt didn't turn out. Here's my method. Here's the cooker. Here's how I'm running. And then hope somebody would reply back to it. And then over the years, you have the advancement of the internet. You have now the proliferation of YouTube and how much of a search engine of video that is. When I want to fix something in the house or I want to, get a review on something, that's right where I go. I go there, I write in review of this, or how do I make this? How do I fix that? And it's all there. And by the way, there's like 7,000 options on how to fix, cook, or review the same thing. So I'm getting a wide array of thoughts and opinions. It's great. So with the advancement of that, that's number one. Then you have John Marcus's contribution. I say all the time that he inspired a generation of people to get into barbecue. He did raise the level of interest in competition barbecue specifically, but people also just saw it. Maybe they weren't inspired to go compete, but they thought, well, that's a way of cooking I never really thought about. I could do that in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So what, it wasn't just competition. It was just a generation of people that decided barbecue was for them, and he made it approachable and something that people could just do every day. Um, and then there's just the evolution of everything else, the, the technology on phones, the option to not have to learn how to manage a fire in order to still make really good barbecue, which if you've ever heard me be a guest on anywhere else, I don't knock cookers. I don't knock fuel. I'm a big fan of eat what you like. You know, if it tastes good to you, good. That's right for you. Uh, If that works for you and you like it, good. Use that. But when I got into it, you had to know how to start a fire. If you were going to run a stick burner, you had to know how to get it going. You had to know how to maintain it all the way through the cook. If you were going to use charcoal cooker. You had to know how to do the minion method in order to really utilize the abilities of that cooker and not try to bat the high temps down, but bring it up and then get it set in the in that wheelhouse that you're looking for, depending on what temperature you're cooking at. And with the advancement of, the, of pellet cookers and fans and all that stuff, it's taken the need to have to do that away. So mm-hmm. if you want to do it, which I always recommend people learn how to do, um, learn how to do that fire management because then you can go anywhere and cook on anything and always be the champion. Yeah. And you're only learning on power driven stuff or pellet cookers. Fire management is going to be a little foreign to you. If everybody says, Oh yeah, well, Johnny's the, the pit master guy of the group here. And you, you got a Lang to cook in front of, well, you I mean, you're kind of fucked. 
So, but pellet cookers and, and these other fans and the things that take, the things that people are most worried about in the cook, taking that out of the equation has only helped to expand the backyard. Now, competition is trailed, in my opinion, but the popularity in the backyard continues yeah. to rise. Demand was out, uh, was through the roof, obviously, through the pandemic because people weren't going anywhere and they yeah. wanted to start learning how to barbecue. That was another big peak of the uh, the whole industry getting a bump because of that, of course. And that's starting to flatten out now. But it's it's wild to see just in the, you know, from when I started in 2006 to where we are 16 years later, what wasn't available then and what's available now and all the things that have happened in between. Oh, yeah. You know, with the technology, you know, as far as pellet grills, I actually, I've never cooked on a pellet grill. Um, I will be soon. I, w- I actually won a uh, subscriber giveaway of uh, my friend Rick Galindo, Rick's Barbecue and Specialties. He gave away, it was given away a uh, Green Mountain Grill Trek. And, and I, I won that last night. So I'll be getting that in, you know, and he does a lot of work with them. Um, you know, he works at a barbecue shop out of, out of San Antonio and, you know, does a lot. Is in with a lot of the uh, a lot of the companies, but with yeah. with social media these days now, it has gone from you know started with you know Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you had brought up a very great topic, and uh, we had talked about briefly in our emails, and I told you came right out and told you I was guilty. I, I'm guilty of it. Uh, knowing your value, you're a, a high proponent of that. Now, knowing your value in what we do, what is the definition of that? To me, for whatever reason within this industry on social, if you can build some kind of following, however, you get there organically if you buy it i don't know if you know how to game the system i'm not very adept at gaming any system so i wasn't lucky enough to do that companies and this is so i'm not talking about the guy that maybe made a cool video and a company reaches out and says hey we dug the steak video you know we want to give you a steak rub or a grill or whatever but for the folks that have amassed the following and they're just on the take for everything. Free rub, the free grills. To me, if you have a proven product, if you have an audience, if you are an influencer, if you can influence somebody right now to go to a website and buy a rub or remember the rub, maybe they don't need it right now, but they'll remember what you're talking about because they're fans of yours or that grill or whatever it is. Why aren't you Telling the company, yes, not only will I take the rub or the grill or whatever it is you want to give me for free. That's your product. You've already accounted for that. You've already, in in budgeting, decided you're going to give away X amount over the course of the year anyway. It's it's not free money, but it's, it's free money you've already accounted for. If you have the audience, money. You want to be a professional, yeah. you get paid. You have time that you're going to invest. People are going to value your opinion. People might buy off of your opinion or suggestion. You should be paid. And the fact that a huge percentage of people on social media, who, by the way, I have no idea if they could cook or not. I have no idea what their palate's like. I have no idea what they do. I don't know them. People know me. You've watched me for 16 mm-hmm. years. You could email me. You can call me. I'm the same guy that you see on the show. little gimmicked up for entertainment value and for listenability. But my opinion on the show isn't different than my opinion off air. Get paid. Yeah. If, if you had a YouTube following of uh, 2 million people and Traeger came to you or whoever, Weber, whatever, we want you to have this uh, grill, uh, shoot a video for us 
and we'll give you this, uh, you know, $10,000 grill or $5,000 grill or whatever. Now, remember, that's a retail number. That's not their cost, number one. So you take that, you do the whole walk around, the unbox, whatever the fuck it's called, and you generate millions of views or hundreds of thousands of views. Well, shouldn't you get the grill and like 10 grand for that or 15 grand for that or whatever you can negotiate? Like you should be getting paid. There's a lot of people that are afraid of asking for money. No, no apprehension about taking something free that somebody's saying they'll give you, but going instead of, of putting the hurdle up and saying, Hey, I'll, yeah, I'll take that. But you're also going to give me five grand or six grand or eight grand, or whatever it is. So my mission is to make sure that the people in the highest points realize that they should be commanding money, like get paid, be a professional and know your value. Maybe you buy all into that and it's just uncomfortable for you to talk about. Get in touch with me. If you're one of those people that just says, Hey, I, I want to ask for money, but man, that's really uncomfortable. I ask for people's money all day long being a sales guy. So I'm yeah. real comfortable with that. So I can coach you on that. I can give you things to say. I can, work through closing processes, all that. <clears throat> Pardon me. I can work through all that stuff. But it has become so expected of all the other big companies out there that they can go through, find a following, and go, we'll give you something for free and know 90% of the time that somebody, even 80% of the time, somebody's just going to take it. And that's where the bar has been set. Most barbecue people will do shit for free. Well, fuck that. How about we change that to where the barbecue people are getting paid as a group? It's not just for me. It's for you, Johnny. It's for the next guy. It's or gal or whoever. Like, know your value. Don't be afraid. People want to do business with people that are professionals. You know what the definition of a professional is? You're getting paid to do something. Yep. So yep. please, don't be afraid to ask for money. Know your value. And if you need help, Email me or call me. I will help you. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Now, like I said, I, like I said in the email, you know, I was guilty of it before. You know, even, even now and then, you know, I'm still, you know, still guilty of it. You know, if, if you know, there's a the particular product I like, you know, I'll talk about it. Yes. I'm going to try it first. If I don't like it, I'm going to, I'll let you know, you know, privately, hey, yeah. this might need... I found it a little overbearing salt-wise, pepper-wise on a rub or, or sauce, vinegary side, you know. But, you know, I, you know with, with, my, with my sponsors on the show, you know, I've used them for years, you know, depending on when they came. And I, you know, and I, I believe in these products. And I, I can't to have a platform I'm on to just – take, you know, a half-assed product, um, I can't do it. it it's, it's doing a just dis, disservice to me. It's doing a disservice to the manufacturer because that they, could, they could change, take my creative criticism, change the profile a little bit, and next thing you know, it, it's, it's at a whole other level of yeah. what it was. You know, so it's it's a constant circle of helping each other out. You might not like it, might get a little butt hurt on the end of it, but you know, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the truth on it. And you know, that's what some of the guys or the of, the, of my sponsors said. What do you think of this? And what do you think? I'm I'm looking at you know I'll use Uncle Steve for an example. I'm looking at a poultry line, and he asked numerous people. And sent, you know, a couple different variations. And we, you know, we all got together, gave our input, and he came up with the final lines. And they're, they're proven, they're winning on the circuits. Yeah. You know, but it's that back and forth of, you know, like you said, knowing what your value is, not just pushing something that, just to push. Yeah. Don't be happy just getting something yeah. for free. If you have... Again, if you have the ability to really influence, and those terms get thrown around, a lot of people don't understand what one is versus the other, what an ambassador is, what's an influencer, blah, blah, blah. 
But if you really have that ability, then if you're not getting paid, you're not doing something right. You should yeah. be getting paid. Get the product. Get paid. Hey, every once in a while, you know, if Rolex called you up, so Johnny, we're big fans. We'd love it if, you know, can we give you this steel Daytona? You know, wear it on the show, mention it, or, or just wear it on the show uh, and wear it for a year. We won't charge you for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guess what? I'm probably going to do that too. But <laughs> otherwise, you know, be a professionally in the industry that you're serving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Robert Rocha, what's happening, my brother? But Greg, thank you so much. This time goes by so quick, damn it. Don't I know it? But um, yeah, firsthand. Um, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for paving the way for the rest of us out here in the form of barbecue talk and talk shows and everything that we do that goes along with it. Uh, I truly appreciate you, and I, and I, th- I thank you. You know, I appreciate you having me on. Let me talk. Be sure to tune in three tonight. hours from now. Yeah, really big barbecue show. We got Stephen Reichlin. We got guy from Oklahoma Joe's, one of their product managers, and then we got Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. So, if you want more barbecue talk tonight, join me live. If not, don't worry about it. You can get in podcasts whenever you want. But uh, I'm a, I'm been a big fan of Pit Life uh, for a long time, and uh, you know. It's not easy being a host, as you know. So <laughs> it's a lot of work that goes in. I do it by myself, and uh, I said, "Well, when you know, this is the only way I know how to do it." I couldn't get a co-host at this point. I yeah. couldn't let somebody, you know, I couldn't do. I couldn't even let uh, let Chrissy do what she does, you know, for you. Uh, you know, I've only ever done it by myself, so I have a lot of trust issues that I'm working through therapy with. Uh, <laughs> but it's not going to be soon enough for me to relinquish some of that. But. It's a, it's a tough deal, and you do a really good job. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that coming from you. Uh, where can everybody find you social media-wise? At BBQ Central Show on all the social media platforms. Uh, YouTube is slash RD Rempe. Facebook is also slash BBQ Central Show. We also have a live video feed over Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show. And then I'm also audibly available on Clubhouse which is how you listen yep. every Tuesday night. So if you can't watch me, that's great. Uh, just listen if you want to live through the clubhouse. Awesome, brother. So I will, like I said, I appreciate you taking time, and I will catch you at 9 o'clock this evening right on time. All right. So thanks. Hold on one second. Let me close this out. We'll be right back with you, Greg. Awesome, Chrissy. Incredible. Awesome guy. My hat's up to like, really I know how happy this is way. for someone to do, and for do, to do it that well for that long is – it's quite yeah. the achievement. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But like I said, Greg Rankin, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Well, that's it for this week, Chrissy. It is. It oh, is. Really? It goes that quick when they're that good. It does. Luckily, we mm-hmm. get to spend a little bit more time together this evening because of the 4th of July coming up. Yeah. And uh, all right, we'll let the cat out of the bag. We're recording the, 4th, the 5th of July episode. Because Chrissy's going on vacation, Sorry. and I might not be able to make it day after the holiday with the post office. So after this, we're going to be talking with Kel Phelps yes. of Barbecue News Magazine yep. and the NBBQA. So that'll be great. It's been a long time since we had Kel on. Mm-hmm. But that's it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Catch the audio wherever podcasts are found. Catch a video on Facebook and YouTube. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button, notification bell. You'll have all our episodes right there at your fingertips. On social media, find us at all the links listed down below. Questions or comments, please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. And like always, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. And until next week, keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.